back to the I-5 Corridor's Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. That's a fresh little cut you got there, Shane. Tell me. It's not my favorite, it's, you know? I, I might get home and trim it up a little bit more myself, you, but... You don't, you don't like it? it? It works. There's a there's a little bit more on the top than I would have liked. I, I always feel like there is a bit of a, like, um, kind of growing into it process. You know what, yeah, you always need to so. give it, if not a few days, a week or two, right? My yeah. hair grows fast. It usually looks very different, but you know... I, I can't fade my own hair out. What I could do is I could go home and trim it a little bit. It, so. it, it does look like, as it is particularly stormy here in Portland, though, like you might get a little bit of like wind whip in there. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. It's, this, could be, this could be good for you. Who knows? Uh, yeah, excuse me. It's an interesting time in the sports <laughs> the sports calendar season because there was basketball on Monday 130. at 1.30 yeah. p.m. No, nothing kicks off a season quite like a game in the middle of of Las Vegas with nobody in attendance at 1.30 p.m. Nobody in attendance, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't blame a lot of people if they didn't even know the basketball season was starting yesterday. However... Much less on true TV. Yeah. Um, even though, like, all the signs were there, you know, it's it's November, there's a lot of Oregon Ducks who are injured. I mean, it's... It, it it's kinda all just, It just kind of feels like it's all there. Uh, they didn't look that bad, though. Yeah, actually only, I guess it's really only two players that are injured right now. Yeah, but I mean like... For all the fuss that Dana made. Yeah, but I was going to say they're relatively important, which they could be for like their like longer term success, but for like the immediacy of the actual tournament that they're... Is this a a tournament that they're playing in or is it like a showcase? I think it it was just a showcase game, but I'm hazy on it as well. Uh, It's Jackson, Shellstad, and Mookie Cook, so it's the Oregonian freshmen, um, both of whom are high four stars, depending on where you look, maybe some five stars. On some I, feel, I feel like basketball is the hardest one, much harder than football to like keep track of like what star somebody was because yeah. it's it's there's quite a few different services out there. Absolutely, um, yeah, guys that probably wouldn't be playing a ton of minutes right now. I don't know, maybe they would, but this is a deep team at those positions. Georgia is not a good basketball team. You could see that they not can't, yet at least. they can't shoot. Um, well, they think they can shoot. They, they, so they, maybe they can yeah. shoot, but some of those shots, the the selection was questionable. I, at best. I think it, did you tweet like that poor iron or like the poor rim or I did not or tweet maybe it, it wasn't sure you, but it was, else yeah did. it was just like oh my gosh. Uh, that being said, there was plenty of excuses for Oregon to lose that game. Mm-hmm. Just I mean those guys being out, the fact that they haven't been able to kind of run a full team at practice. We saw it media day. I mean, there was, I think, the part that we saw, it was it kind of it kind of felt like Dana was like bracing us up to like, hey, just in case, yeah. like it could go bad on Monday. Uh, that being said, uh, and Folly Dante had a pretty awesome double double with what twenty one twenty one rebounds. I was just telling you before we recorded this. I don't know what Oregon's ceiling is this year, mm-hmm. but if they can get that sort of baseline play out of and volley, and like I'm not expecting that many rebounds a game, but like this is a uh, a guy who is just kind of physically a freak out there compared yeah. to the rest of the kind of the, the competition that he's going to be facing, and he's just experienced at this point. Point, and we saw that he was effective last year when he was healthy, and if they can get that out there, I think that you can at least kind of build around that a little bit as yes. Oregon figures out what it wants to be. I mean, he's he's at worst the second or third best big man in the Pac-12, and I think he's got a great shot, or great case rather, as the, as the best. And anytime you have a guy that's the best or near the best at his position, um, 
that tends to you be... You can work with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, because you have... You know what that is. That being said, watching the other day, if he were to miss any extended amount of time, eh, yeah, then it becomes yeah, no, Dane Allman Rubik's Cube time. Right, and that was... There was a, a, a moment in the first half where it was kind of a fast break. The guy went down <laughs> yeah. in front of him, and Dante, like, all he, all he had to do was just, like, jump over him for, like, a two-handed slam. And instead, like, it was like a sniper out of the, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he just, like, goes in a heap and he grabbed his knee. And just for a second, There's a lot of like, those oh, where he just kind of goes to the sideline for a bit and he ends up being fine, but he's huge. Yeah. Man, I, I'm, I'm sure there's been stories written about, um, there's got to be people out there who just, like, teach big men how to fall. Mm-hmm. Because there's some that just can't. He do needs to it. go to the the Tua Tagovailoa Academy. <laughs> yeah. Judo falling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a little bit different on hardwood when you're seven feet versus you know six one were, on grass. Were you offended at all um, that right before we started recording, I was like, oh man, I didn't think Rigsby had hops like that. And do you think that I was kind of doing the white guy bias there? Is did I? Well, th- I wouldn't blame you if you were. Yeah. You know who's more offended than me is. You know, a good friend of the program, Jared Denny, because Jared Denny loves Rigsby. And I was even texting him during the game. I was like, oh, Jackson's going to take this guy's minutes. And then Rigsby immediately, I think, ended up from then on being the highest scorer in the game. Um, yeah, it looked really good. I mean, the whole team as a whole, you know, it was funny because another thing I was texting with Jared about is like, it wasn't too long ago that this team, I think it was two seasons ago, they blew out SMU in like a season opener. They hit right. a million yeah, threes. Yeah, yeah. And then they sucked. But what was encouraging is that they were getting a good variety of shots on offense. And so the things that didn't seem as dependent on the team they were playing, because again, I don't know if George is all that good, did impress me. What, what jumped out to you outside of the they were thing? They were playing, uh, this is going to sound so stupid, but like they were playing pretty hard. Like, and just like getting to loose balls a lot. Mm-hmm. It, like their, their get back on defense. Like, like it, you know, you can always kind of tell really quickly if there's a disconnect between like, the five that Altman's putting out there and like what he wants. And it felt like that this was relatively, um, because this has kind of been a theme for the last few years of like the buy-in and, and the types of players mm-hmm. that he wants on this roster. Like I, I was very encouraged by that game yesterday. Again, I think this is one that it really felt like that. We, none of us would have been all that surprised had they lost that one just yeah. because of the way it feels at the start of the season. Um, and I know they kind of, it was a little bit of back and forth there in the middle before <laughs> right. before it, finishing. Holding off. a lead in college is extremely difficult. Yeah, though. it's 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 run here, run here, yeah. run here, run here. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good win for them, and I I really do think that if they can kind of sustain or at least like tread water until they get Shellstad back, because I think Shellstad's going to be a very good player for them. Mm-hmm. I think he's got. Peyton Pritchard freshman year potential uh, for the Ducks. It's just kind of where does his minutes come from? Correct. Um, and if they can get Mookie in there, like he, I just think that he offers something that the Ducks really don't have in that like, kind of like six seven wing. Although like Kwame was out there like knocking down some shots yesterday. Too, like yeah, he he ended up only having five, but both were encouraging because it was one he took his defender off the dribble and like a pretty coordinated finish for a guy of his size who's raw and then a catch and shoot three where he didn't hesitate if he's a dude early like that completely for me at least changes what i view this team as right so yeah to your point i think that was that was definitely encouraging and you know mookie does bring something he brings size and athleticism the thing that was interesting to me is there's so much turnover yet again on this team but the starting lineup 
which yesterday was yeah there you go sponsor some yeah, yeah, sparkling yeah. water we'll work on that um probably sounds great on the audio yeah you get up <laughs> right close with that bubbly uh, so they started the CM, uh, CMU transfer Jesse Zarzuela, mm-hmm. who I thought looked really good. Like mm-hmm. he, he only had like five points and a pair of assists, I think. But he ran pick and roll. He was unselfish and a kind of passer that they don't really have much of. Maybe Jackson's that guy. But then the rest of the lineup with Bartholomew and Cousinard, Bartholomew and um, Biddle and Dante, like those four guys were guys that played a lot together last year because they were the dudes that kind of finished the year playing a lot. Yeah. So it's not as new of a starting lineup as it could have been, or maybe I foresaw at one point. It, it's it's fascinating too of like how small they can be, but mm-hmm. then like when you do like when you take into account, you know, if Kwame is is going to be a good player, I think Biddle's going to be good this year too. Like they, 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 yeah, he looks good. Yeah, they they have some. That's like three guys six nine plus that can all clog the paint. And, yeah. I would like to see Dante have a little bit more of a refined offensive game, but <laughs> but, but, yeah. but also he's just so damn strong that it doesn't matter for the most part. But right. uh, that's really where you would like to see Oregon be able to kind of knock down some of the outside shots a yes. little bit more. Yes, yeah. right. It was so funny talking to um, well another one of their bigs, the the new guy um, Mo Diawara at media day, and one of us asked him about Dante on the court because they're friends off the court. And he's like. He's got this thick accent, but he's like, you have to double when he gets down there because he'll kill you. Like, yeah. it's, it's a murder every time he gets someone down there. And again, it doesn't look pretty, but it kind of is. Um, and and Biddle can do a little bit of that too. If Biddle can hold up on defense on the perimeter, which he's been able to do at times, because he can also shoot a little bit. Like, he's a pretty interesting piece. Um, and being able to start him next Dante again, if it doesn't hurt you on defense, that can have a lot of advantages on offense. Getting back to just the basketball season, just being such a just kind of a wet fart to the start of the year. Like, like who do they play? Because it's like you put you have this yeah. anonymous game in Vegas against, right. like, what is kind of a big-name school, but they're not very good anyways. Mm. And then it's, like, who do they got? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take it away real quick if you don't mind. Be, be nice about the Grizz, but... Right, Montana on Friday. Yeah. That's their home opener. Um, Tennessee State a week later. So there's not many games also. They're going to play, you know, three games in two weeks here. Um, then it's Florida A&M and then it's Santa Clara, and then Michigan on December 2nd. That'll be their sixth game of the year, and that's the first game, you know, you count the Georgia one, but since then that would be like... any degree of difficulty. Well, again, they've dropped games like this in the past, but I was going to say about the Georgia game, we left media day being like, oh, is this another one of these years where it's going to be all these injuries, they're going to start out behind the eight ball, and starting at 1-0 against a team that I know we don't think is very impressive, at least they are not starting behind. Yeah, now. exactly. They, can build, they could go into that Michigan game 5-0. and Well, right? well and, and to further the point, um, you had a profile this week, or I don't know if it was, profile is the right word, but you had a nice feature this week on Oregon assistant coach Mike Menenga. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was kind of just through this baseline idea that you and I had co- talked about of they've had so many assistant coaches the last few years come and go. Yeah why has this guy been here for 10 years? And, like, you could get into, like, a lot of the basketball pieces of it, which you did, but, like, part of it, too, is that, like, him more than any coach that we've really seen on, like, either men's basketball or football staffs, like, really just freaking loves Eugene. Like, he goes out kayaking. Like, yeah. he loves the outdoors. Like, he, he, like, he has, like, a very visible life here. And as we were editing that story, you and I were kind of talking about, like, how much in this story, like, do we need to, like, mm. talk about the fact, like, 
the stuff that we've just been drilling kind of in almost every Oregon basketball story for the last two years of they haven't been to the NCAA tournament or, um, you know, they're coming off of this bad streak or blah, 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 blah. This, this fine streak, to be quite honest, that it looks bad in comparison. Cor- correct. Um, and it's just like, you know, part of it too is just like, I'm assuming, you know, most people reading this story know those parameters mm-hmm. already, but also it's like, um, you know, sometimes it's just fun to like, or it's just not, not or it's nice to avoid that narrative yeah. from like the start and like right. getting this win first game of the year means you don't have to just jump right back into that yeah. again too. Well, guess who else knows that? It, like the coaches yeah. know that. They are yeah. very aware that the last few seasons have been underwhelming compared to the rest of, generally compared to the rest of the Altman era. Mike, as I was leaving, I you know finished up the interview. We're walking back out to the court. He's like, "We need that, George." <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, "We need that." And I was like, "Oh, the fact that he's like, it sounded that dire." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But you know, they but, got but, it. I mean, like, it makes sense. And and he probably at that point too, he probably didn't know like what the heck they were going to get out of their team on Monday yeah. either. Just you know, at at that point, we didn't know if Dante was going to be available because like he had been kind of nicked up. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure like they're kind of just going, oh. yeah. This it felt a lot different than last season because they played eleven guys, and they so they they essentially played almost everybody that was healthy who was a scholarship player. I think Reichel even got in there, so maybe it was twelve guys, um, but everybody got minutes. Like they got Tracy and Oquendo off the bench, and um, Diwara played, and everybody had moments. So you know this could be a deep team when healthy. Again, you know we talked about the freshmen not being there, but it's hard to know. Yeah. You hope they stay healthy, but it was an encouraging start, and I think, again, they just need a, a good start here, even if, if there's going to be some bumps along the way, because that's what I think the fans need to see, to be quite honest, because it's just been an, it's been a lull. Before we move on to football, do you have any last points you want to make about this Oregon basketball team? I, I just think I'm excited to watch them, and I haven't been able to say that that much. Um, I also like that we... I at least entered this season with kind of devoid of expectations, which was not the case the last two. So I think that makes, for myself, a viewing experience that's more positive. I will say it is November, what's 8th today? And I have yet to write that with Final Four expectations. <laughs> you know, or what was that in your... Um... Well, I had a, a Frank Kepnong feature yeah, like where three was, years ago at this point. Yeah, that and wasn't my finest editing. I think effort. I said back to the tournament. was. I there... think you said Sweet 16 or something like that. And then I was like, nah, baby, we're going Final Four <laughs> hey, here. we're not good um, No, they didn't make the tournament, did they? Or, or did they? No! Oh! No, they didn't. That was not whatever. I get it mixed up. Anyways, um, the Cal game wasn't very close, was it? No, I was suggesting earlier this week that... We had such opposing takes on that game that maybe we, you know, put the audio in of our discussion about that, whoever was wrong. But, you know, you got some help there from a defensive touchdown, so the end, it was 63-19, didn't look as bad as it could have, maybe. Yeah. Pretty big blowout, though. I gotta take credit for that one. I mean, I mean, considering uh, Cal becomes just the third team this season to score more than 10 points on the big, hey. vaunted Oren Ducks defense. That's right. Um... Nah, I mean that was a blowout. It yeah. was it was actually it was somewhat interesting for like the first five minutes of the game. Uh wasn't quite expecting Cal to have the ball in Oregon territory after Bonix's first pass. No. Um But I did I asked Bo after the game, I was like, that's like when you go talk to Tez, like 
does that was that making up for it? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, think? yeah he, he was like, he's like, if that, if he's like, if if I have to throw a pick every first throw of the game, and that's what I get out <laughs> of it, like, heck yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I thought that was. I think it's kind of something that we say often at this time of the year, but it's when you're a number five, number six, number seven team in the country and you're playing teams that aren't close to that caliber, you want to see your team dominate. Yep. And that's what the Ducks did. And I liked that they had to kind of take a punch first before going out and scoring 63 points. What was cool to see, too, is that they have this quote-unquote adversity early. They had a rough stretch. They had... Two turnovers, and that's a team that had been tops in the nation or second in the nation in turnover differential this year. They kind of got those out of their system, and it didn't matter, and it still ends up being a 40-plus point win. Some of these teams that are top 10, they you know struggle for half, and like they're down at half, or it's a one-score game at half. For Oregon to really struggle at times, still be up big at half, and then not lay off the gas in the second half, you know, again, it's every week with this team where there's something new you kind of like. It's um, it's really easy to to kind of see one thing and then see a positive result and be like, oh yeah, like this is how it's happening. But like you'll you'll see in uh, the Monday recap videos that they put out mm-hmm. where it's like in the team meetings and like you'll you'll see a lot of the that kind of cliched like, you know, always finish. You right. know, like don't stop. Like and but then you see the result on the field and you're like, oh man, like these coaches like really have these guys dialed in which they 100 percent do but it's mm-hmm. it's it's just been kind of it's fascinating to see that process go into it because it outside of really that texas tech game i think Oregon's played good football in almost every quarter this year and i include that washington game i don't yeah we can go back to that but like Oregon didn't play bad in that washington game i thought and we all wrote this at the time that was two very good football game or teams that played good football and it came down to coach. I mean, it came down to like game decisions. I mean, it's just the flow of the game. Like that was one of their best pressure games on defense, and uh, it didn't show up in the in the points allowed or even really in Penix's stat line. But that was also like that. People are going to talk about Penix and his Heisman moments, and like he had a big night against USC. But that Oregon game, that's the game that yeah. it should be kind of recurringly mentioned. Well, and I mean just. You know the USC Washington game. Obviously, Washington finished them off there in the mm-hmm. the final quarter. But there was a lot of people, including us, who were wouldn't wouldn't have been surprised had USC won that game just because yeah. Washington has looked very up and down since that Oregon game. I I do think that this week is going to be like the big prove it week for the Ducks, though. Of just mm-hmm. you know they they went out and they did that to Cal, who really cares nationally about Cal. Like no offense. Uh, they did it to Utah. Utah's a great team, but also people know that they're a limited team. Right. We talked about how we thought that was a little bit overhyped of a win. I, I, I think the immediacy of this week, obviously it would have been better had USC won and, and kind of at yes. still been in. Absolutely. Because they, they still only have two Pac-12 losses, so if they had won, it's like, well, what do we have right. here, you know? But but so now we're going to get, we are going to get a 7.30 game. They're going to be the main game going. Like, I like I hate and love that at the same right. time. Uh, As a reporter, you hate that. Yeah. As someone having to write about a big game, maybe you... I guess that's it goes both ways. Yeah, you know I mean? but I, I think that this is... Um, I think that this could be... Assuming that USC tries, <laughs> you know, because, you know, there's so much talk of like, oh, like Caleb Williams should just stop, you know, yeah. or whatever. I think that this is a huge, huge game for Oregon's defense. Like, this is like, a, like look how good we are. 
yes. type of because game. This... Because I think they can do that. And I think especially with how relentless Oregon's offense is, Oregon's defense is going to be able to like throw some punches. And I, I think that this isn't going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a blowout. So is there a number points allowed-wise that would make you feel really good about the defense leaving that game, given that for their struggles outside of 24 points at Notre Dame on the road in a weird game, they've scored, I believe, 40-plus in almost every game? So what was it? It was Cal 50, or sorry, USC 50, Cal 49 a couple weeks ago. So 20, yeah. so 20 points. 20 points. 20 points. If they can keep USC below 20 points, I think that. But, but like, like I think that'd be a good effort, but, like, I think this is going to be one of those ones where, like, this is going to be, like, a 48-10 to 10 game. You think it's going to be that lopsided? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you again. Okay. So maybe we will have some audio. Yeah, play. yeah. No, this will be I, good. I, I think this is a good defense. I think 10 points would be... Do, do you think this USC team is built to withstand not being relevant? No. And I agree with, with where you're coming from with that. Caleb Williams is still Caleb Williams. It's still a really dynamic offense that can run the ball, and then we've seen what they can do through the air. I'm I'm thinking it more like if they can keep them under 30, like that's a good benchmark. Okay. So I'm thinking, you know, if it's 24, if it's 21, 10, I'd be shocked, and that'd be amazing. I just don't know if I... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm not confident in my prediction. <laughs> but hey, you gotta you gotta take some shots. Right? Yeah, but I I just I just I do think that there's, you know, even Lanning acknowledged it in the press conference yesterday of just saying like like yeah like this is an important recruiting game for us. Oh and yeah, they they, I I think that I think there's like shared respect between Washington. There's shared mm-hmm. respect between Oregon State. I think Oregon has always just kind of been like, uh, like if we can fuck USC over, like let's do it. That's and a good point because Cristobal was big on that, as he was with other rivalries or quote unquote rivalries, rivalry adjacent, whatever you want to call it, USC. Land, that's a good point. Like landing, I think it'll be Colorado energy for this one. Yeah, a hundred percent. Where he's like, this team, like let's drive the stake through their heart. One thing that I'm gonna be watching for. And I'm just putting out like a little warning on this now. They fired their defense coordinator, Alex Grinch. I I wonder, because this happens sometimes with teams and units. A little Ewing theory? A little Ewing theory. I do wonder if they look a little bit... Again, I, Oregon should tear them apart, and I think largely will. But I'm not sure this is a 60-70 point game for Oregon's offense. If I, I could see a world in which Oregon gets... Wait, like 80, 90? <laughs> No, I, I think, again, I don't think USC's defense is any good, and I don't think losing the head coach makes them better in the long run. I could just see that immediacy of one week of them being really motivated. I'm just putting that out there. Do you know what the weather is supposed to do? I don't. Hmm. Hopefully not a monsoon, for your sake. <sighs> Dude, that, I, th- this is way off topic, but I was shocked at how good the weather was at Austin on Saturday, considering the drive down. Mm. That was... Uh, it had kind of petered out by the time the game oh started. Oh, my God. Uh, I stopped at the Corvallis exit for gas, and mm. I had to, like, hold on to the uh, car because of the wind. <laughs> right. It was blowing. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the thing we kind of glossed over about the Cal game, like, just these little, these little check marks... You know, we've had a lot of number check marks about Oregon and how good they are. Like, 
If your second or third receiver, whatever you want to call Tez Johnson, can go 180 oh my God, right. and multiple touchdowns, that's you know usually a good sign. Yeah, it's not bad. And then in terms of tape for the NFL, that was probably Bonick's best game of the year in terms of just, whoa. That second touchdown he had to him where it was just... I mean, like, Bo goes out there and he makes some plays that, like, you just go, like, how the hell did he do that? His second touchdown to Tez looked like the easiest football play I've ever seen in my life. It was just red zone, fade, hike, easy easy throw, easy catch. It looks like they've done that in their backyard a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Did you know they were brothers? Really? I, I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> were. Are. Yeah. <laughs> um... But I think that that's the type, like, making that type of right. thing look easy is where I was like, hmm. Because, like, he... It some, was an end zone fade to a 5'9 guy. Basically, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and earlier in the year, we were harping because there wasn't... I mean, all year there hasn't been much to criticize Knicks about, but it was like that he was missing some guys a little bit deeper. He hasn't been doing that nearly as much. Like, he's been hitting, like, guys... He's pretty dialed in, is is what I've seen. and I And I do think that... I don't know, I'm still a little mixed on what his NFL future potential might be. Um, but I think he is improved. Like, I think he's noticeably improving still, which is impressive, like, given his age, too. You know, yeah. it's, he's, I, I think there's still some ceiling there. We talked last week about the Bo Nix bias and mm-hmm. um, how a lot of what's made him so good is just the sheer completion percentages, the command of the offense, and how much he's changing things in the line of scrimmage, which I think I've been looking for more and more in these games. And part of that's because we're seeing more behind the scenes with those videos they're yeah. putting out. And no no hyperbole here. That play he had where he ducked under the... <laughs> like, that's one of the freakiest plays I've seen a quarterback make yeah. in several years. Yeah. That, I mean, to, to be moving at that speed and then have the wherewithal to even try that. Because, you know, I know linemen are big, but he's he himself he's six two six three, and he made it look so effortless and then just whipped the ball. I mean that was a really cool play. He he has. You know, so the second billboard, the one that's in Dallas, mm-hmm. where it's his arm is on the other one. Yeah, it's so funny because I can't get that that image out of my head sometimes when I'm seeing him throw because like he he is able to and I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but his arms does does things similar to his where it doesn't quite necessarily matter where the rest is lined up right as long as he's got that elbow up and the ball up he's still able to like get it off at like certain angles and even on that one like he was going down one way and he was firing it off that way and he's still able to get a substantial amount of zip on it Mm -hmm. where you go oh like that's a really good like that's that's something that a lot of people can't do (laughs) yeah it's not quite caleb williams exorcist right but it's 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 really impressive and yeah, I can't figure out the NFL thing with him either. I, I think not dissimilar to many other NFL players of all positions. I think it's going to be completely dependent on where he goes, yeah. the coaching, the situation. Um, but I think just in tip, you're talking about this team as a whole. I mean, you can't be asking for much more than what he's given you. So I think he'll really relish that spotlight against Cale Williams. I think Dan Lanning will talk a lot about that before and after this game because Dan's been a huge proponent of Bo Nixon and pushing that kind of national discourse about him. I think uh, my other takeaway from the game is Oregon is going to have a really good quarterback in 2024. Okay, go. And I say that because, one, I think Ty Thompson looked 
pretty good. Mm-hmm. Again, it's too small of a sample size to really say like this kid can do it, but it's the one of the first times that I've seen him where it, like if you were just to turn on the game, you wouldn't go. That's the backup. Like his feet looked confident. Like he looked smooth. He was. He just. He wasn't seeing headlights, and like he was zipping the ball on a few of those throws. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's a quarterback that can be in a mix to start at a good Division One school. I also think that Oregon's still going to be completely in play for the best co- transfer quarterback on the market. Yeah. like I essentially they what I'm saying. Be. Essentially what I'm saying is I think the floor is going to be pretty high because if Ty Thompson ends up starting for the Ducks, it means that. Like, is the floor the ceiling in this case? The the ceiling is the root, or what was the, <laughs> the Michael remember. Jordan? Yeah, the, the ceiling is the root. Oh yeah, I, I completely botched that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so did MJ. Yeah. He did. You miss a hundred percent of the shots. You Something like don't. that. Yeah, no, and, and they're letting Ty Thompson do a little bit more than he was able to do, like when Cristobal would put him in there, and it's like. It, it would seem like even the, the line is blocking less well. And <laughs> yeah. Like, the running backs are not running as hard. And it just, it was all around a bad. Dude, <laughs> that, that's so funny you bring up the line. I remember that. It was just like, anytime Ty would come in, it was just like the line would sag. Towards, <laughs> yeah. towards the I don't know if part of that was because they were bringing backups in. Right. But when Ty would come in the games, like, okay, Oregon's done scoring for the day. Yeah. Now it's like, we, eh, another touchdown maybe, right? I My favorite was someone used to always tweet whenever Jeff Lockie would come in to replace Marcus Mariota. be like, oh, here comes a human victory. Cigar. Yeah. Yeah. No, they will absolutely bring someone in. But I think Dan Lanning and whoever is in charge of that will do that with the understanding, or not the understanding, with with a thought that if Ty's better than this guy, we'll start Ty. Yeah. But if Ty's that good, he should be able to beat yeah, out. I, 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 yeah. I don't think they would have any apprehension of bringing somebody in, and yeah. if Ty is better, not starting him. But no, that's a that's a good takeaway because that was probably the one or. Maybe the second cleanest he's looked in game, or it's, it's right up there. I mean, it, it's, it, he looks great. It it is nice. Like I think you can objectively at this point say that we have seen better examples of this staff developing guys than the previous staff. Like so, like because there's still a lot of Cristobal dudes like on this roster, mm-hmm. and like a lot of them have gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. Like even like a guy like um, like Jeffrey Bossa, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. It's, it's, this is a, this is a well-coached team and it's, it's fun. It's really even fun to just watch them on defense. Cause there's like, they hit hard. They, they hit hard. They wrap, Jamal Hill's another one. they wrap up everyone. Mm-hmm. Like there's hardly any times where like they hit and bounce off. There's none of those like Justin flow tackles where you're just <laughs> trying to like hit stick somebody or you blow off into the sidelines. Like right. it's, it's just like very sound football. Yeah. And you see it cause they're playing freshmen and they're not afraid to play freshmen um, yeah, overall, very impressed. And again, I think this is the week for the defense, like we said, to kind of put a bow on it. I had a cooking tragedy this oh, week. Oh, Lord. Yeah. What happened? I was at Safeway, and they had these really nice-looking uh, chuck roasts on sale, mm-hmm. like prime grade, like like three pounds was like 15 bucks or so. Okay. And I was like, and I have a sous vide that I got for Christmas a few years ago. Have you used it much? I used it a lot like the first year okay. and then it like I, I probably as anybody who got those things you kind of go through phases right um but I've been craving like some like good like roast beef sandwiches mm-hmm. um and so I was like oh I'll do this chuck roast I'm gonna do it for like 36 hours wow. um because that's the thing that with the sous vide and the chuck roast is if you do it for a long time then the tender it breaks down kind of like a prime rib would and so I had it going and long cooks are hell for me because I, I like, I have zero patience and right. I like to eat. You cook to eat. Yeah. I, I cook, I cook to eat, baby. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a hot and fast guy. 
Um, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, I had it going for like the entire day, getting ready for bed, top off the water because it evaporates overnight. Wake up in the morning. The machine's not going. The water's at like 70 degrees. Too much of it had evaporated, <laughs> oh, and so it shut off. And so I spent a solid hour like trying to find like any horror stories of like if I did eat this, <laughs> you know, like, right. like I was in my head, I'm like, okay, so I went to bed at like 11. It's like, Worst case. it's like seven o'clock now. The thing probably went for another two hours. So it's only been sitting here in lukewarm water for three. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to get thrown out. You know, there's no sponsors or ads on this podcast, but the way you sometimes introduce food and, and cooking into it, it feels like one of those ads like Tyson, uh, if you had an issue with anyone breaking in your home, it goes <laughs> yeah, on to like yeah, yeah, simply yeah. safe ad, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like wait, you're you're it's like you're selling a product somehow there. My place in Manhattan Beach. I'm <laughs> doing my Rosilla there. Um, yeah, so I was looking forward to discussing what was going to be really great sandwiches this week at the end of the podcast, and I failed. So that's that's what I didn't eat this week. It's been a tough run for you, man. Wrongly predicting that Cal would keep it close. Roast beef failure. Now you're thinking that USC might only score 10 points on a Saturday. Yeah, but like that works out well for me here on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, oh, man, that corridor. Firing man. from the hip midweek. And, and like if it happens, so I'm, like, I'm just trying to I'm trying to be the Northwest Plashkey is, okay. is what this is. As the season, well, let me ask you actually ask you this. Now that we've taken our cooking detour already, yeah. has this season felt quicker than most for you? A hundred percent. Why do you think that is? Because um, I'm 34 now. Mm, really? And, You're 34. And, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. You didn't come to my birthday. You would have known that. <laughs> hey, I, I had a... <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Fuck. You got me. Um, well... I think I I don't think this is the fastest a season has gone, but it's mm-hmm. it's a very fast one for me. I, I think there's enough different in this with it being the first time with this coaching staff yep. and and all that that it kind of gives you some different markers. But um, when, when you're not the day to day beat guy that you were in the past in some regards, and you're a little bit more kind of from a distance, does that make it? Go faster. It think? makes it go way back, way faster because, like you in in real world, like you view something like three weeks as like not that much time passing. But mm-hmm. like in a college football season, like that's a th- you know that's a quarter of a, a, a month goes by and everything can completely change. You know what I mean? I like it's uh, if if you're not paying attention and you're not close to it, it's it's, it's it can feel like it's moving very quickly. Because yeah, like what? There's three games left. No, four games. USC, Arizona State, were three three games. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. What'd you eat this week? We're gonna close on that. Okay, let me think. Oh, I made chicken adobo the other night. Ooh. The sauce didn't quite get to the level. What of... What is adobo sauce? It's the base is kind of soy sauce, vinegar, brown sugar. Oh, that sounds great. It's really good. I didn't, the sauce, the consistency didn't get quite where I wanted. I think just the type of pan I used, but it turned mm-hmm. out good. Um, I've been loving like Greek flavors and food lately. So I got, I get this like, uh, I'll get some like pita bread and I'll make like a, mm-hmm. like a, what do you, like a, like a, 
very acidic kind of cucumber, feta, tomato salad thing. Put that on there. Put some hummus on there and put some like nicely seasoned chicken on there. And it's kind of like a wrap almost. Dude, that sounds excellent. Yeah. Those have been, and it's good for me because it's like, you know, it's whole grain pita too. I, I feel good about that. And yeah. it, it just smacks. So that's a good lunch. Okay. Stuff like that. You know, I'm trying to spend less money on groceries because it's like, it's just such a big expense for me because I, I cook to eat also like yeah. you. I don't think so. I don't think everybody does, but I think we we are cooked eaters. I think um, I think I'm going to join the pro pickleball tour. By the way, mm. that that's what we it was my birthday last week, and we went and checked out the uh, the people's court on 82nd mm-hmm. that I was not at. That, that I you were not at because you, yeah, yeah, you're just you're just here for the, <laughs> the money of the corridor, which is pouring in. Um, that place is printing money. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'll have to check it out. There was a. It was completely full. They have like a restaurant. They have a restaurant bar. Uh, they have like arcade and pinball. Mm. I don't know. It was, it was it was a cool spot. Yeah, like it, it, pickleball it, content will surely bring in more stuff. Oh yeah, no, I think that's really what is going to the bring, bring us to the top. So yeah, what what you give people that no one else can. Yeah. So next week on the I five corridor pickleball adventures, we no. Thanks you, have, for, you have, well, before you say thanks for listening, you have some cool stuff coming, though. Oh, dude, yeah, this is actually going to be a good week. Uh, if you're listening on Wednesday, we are going to have a profile on Oregon cornerback Kyrie Jackson coming mm. out on Friday. Before that, I also talked to Josh Wilcox about the award that Oregon uh, has dedicated in the honor of his father, Dave Wilcox, who Didn't passed. Didn't even know about this one. He he passed uh, last, uh, I believe it was last spring. Uh, they honored Josh and um, his mom at the game on Saturday, and I caught up with him today. Just really, really great conversation about um, his dad playing Josh's experience playing for the Ducks and really kind of what that uh, uh, that move from Dan Lanning to honor his dad meant to him and his family. So that that will probably be coming on Thursday. So. And you have one more. Is it men's hoops? Oh yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to tease that too early. But. Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out when I should do that because if neither of them are playing. Oh well, you're you're giving away your hand. Yeah, I know. But like, if if people have come this far into the right. podcast like i want to reward them a little bit i'm working on as jackson shells dad mookie cook profile yeah that's gonna be good i think but they might not play till we'll figure it out yeah coming sometime soon yeah thanks for listening